Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, Why We Need to Feel Our Feelings. And I will share a vulnerable story about how this past week, I was not feeling my feelings and all the negative consequences that came because of that. I'll also discuss why we need to feel our feelings and of course, a breakdown of step-by-step how to feel your feelings. So please focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope everyone's having a great day today. Uh, It's April 24th, the day I'm recording today. And I say that because my seasonal allergies are hitting me with a vengeance. It's always such bittersweet at the beginning of spring because we can go outside, the sun's out, we can do outdoor activities, which I absolutely love to do, but it comes with the consequence of my seasonal allergies hitting me <laughs> with a vengeance every single year. So I'm dealing with that right now. So if you, if you hear me being a bit nasally or, or something like that, I apologize but my eyes are super itchy, my nose is kind of plugged and runny, and it happens every year, and it's not gonna hold me back from going outside because I love it just so much, but that's kind of where I'm sitting right now anyway, so I apologize for the nasally voice. Um, But today's episode is titled, Why We Need to Feel Our Feelings. And I'm using this as a topic because This is something that really affected me about a week ago. As I've talked about in previous episodes, Jess and I canceled our wedding last year so we can have it this year due to COVID. And now the circumstances are even worse than they were last year. Like right now we're only allowed a 10 person wedding as it stands right now. We're hoping that that kind of extends hopefully to 20 by the time, by the time the end of June rolls around. But We've had to make many changes and adoptions on the way uh, to to our initial plan. And what ties us into feeling our feelings is <laughs> I, I was holding on to the fact that uh, we couldn't have this big celebration, this big party for our wedding like we had envisioned a couple years ago when we first started planning our wedding. And the one thing that I was holding on to recently was the fact that I had a stag coming up with the boys, with my good buddies. We were going to go to Whistler. We were going to go do hikes. We were going to rent this big mansion. We are going to do some golf, all the stuff that we love and hanging out with our, our good group of friends. And I was, I was kind of brushing it off the whole wedding and changing plans because I said, hey, at least I get to celebrate with my friends. At least I have that stag to look forward to. And that's my last straw that I'm kind of holding on to. So I was able to just let everything else go. Okay, we can't have the party, we can't do this, but at least we'll still have the wedding and at least I'll still have the stag. And that's kind of just the way I spun it. And last Friday, Jess and I were going to just go on a walk and of course the wedding gets brought up and the stag gets brought up because with the current circumstances with COVID, there's even tighter restrictions and for the stag to happen, we would have needed to fly over to the next province, stay in about a house of at least 10 guys. And there was just a lot that 
wasn't aligning with what the current circumstances are and what the current regulations are. And I just kind of buried it and pushed it aside and didn't really look at the reality of it. And during our conversation, Jess brought, of course, the key points of, hey, you know, are we really going to jeopardize our wedding here? Uh, It's only three weeks before our wedding. What if you were to get COVID? What if you had a quarantine two weeks before getting to the wedding? And we just talked about the reality of the situation. And of course, this wasn't something that I really wanted to hear. And because I buried all of my emotions, all of my feelings about the wedding and even about the cancellation of the stag, this kind of all hit me at once. And I was completely flooded with my old patterns. I felt angry. I felt upset. I felt grumpy. I was rude. And I just kind of took it out on Jess. It was, it just felt so overwhelming and I didn't know how to process it. And I, it it came out with me being quick, snarky, rude, angry, all towards Jess, which really wasn't fair at all. So a side note, recently leading up to this, I've had a lot going on. I've, I've, I've had very little to no spare time. And there's been many instances where I've had to make a lot of quick decisions. I'm doing a lot of problem solving. I'm looking for deals. There's a fast paced thinking, whether it's at work or at home or in, in investments or whatever it may be. And this can be really useful to get shit done, but it certainly doesn't allow time to stop, check in and see how I'm feeling. And like I said, this could be good for business. This can be good for making progress, but not for our emotional well-being. And I actually just recently listened to a podcast on on the Lewis Howes uh, School of Greatness podcast, and he interviewed a guy named Dan Locke, who's this really successful kind of influencer guy. He specializes in software. I'm not even entirely sure, but he was he was interviewed. And he was talking about how he almost carries this mindset about that fast pace, decision-making, go, 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 pivot onto the next thing, working 24 seven, working seven days a week. And he openly admitted that he is not the best husband. And he had a real, very real conversation with his wife saying, hey, this is the lifestyle we're choosing and that I'm choosing, and this is how I'm going to show up in life. And I'm not going to be a good husband. And he openly says this. And so, yeah, that might be good if our only goal in life is to become rich, to become wealthy and let everything kind of fall wayside. But for me, that's not the case. I want a holistic, healthy lifestyle where it encompasses, yeah, wealth. Yes, well-being, good mental states, good relationships, a well-rounded life. And I know that that's probably resonates with a lot of people out there. You know, they don't. Money's not the only thing, even though we might think it is the thing. Um, this Dan Locke guy, you know, that's a dangerous place to be living in. Uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be missing out on a whole lot of life, in my opinion, anyways. If uh, if that's the way you're viewing things, and that's certainly not the way I want to view things. So yes, that mentality, that mindset, might get shit done. But what are we going to be sacrificing on the way? So back to the Friday evening, when I was faced with the reality that the stag might not happen in this upcoming May, I became overwhelmed with all that negative emotion. 
and I was just reacting to the situation. And like I said, it was so overwhelming and I just needed to isolate myself from Jess because I hadn't given myself time to process this and I, I couldn't do it in that moment. So I decided to go on a really long run and a walk just to clear my head, to, to process things, to process the stuff that Jess and I talked about and also get that movement going, get that stored energy and all that constriction that I was feeling. I needed to get that liberated. I needed to get moving. I needed to not let it settle and store in my body where I would just become the victim of everything. I, I, I found before going on the run, I was just caught myself telling myself all these stories and all these lies and these catastrophic uh, <laughs> scenarios. I was like, well, if, if, if I don't go on the stag, there's all the other guys are still going to go and they're going to have fun and I'm going to have to see this. And, you know, I'm just telling myself these stories that aren't necessarily true. So on my run and on my walk, um, I remembered something that Jess told me and she said, intimacy in a relationship is also accomplished from being with and feeling the highs and the lows together. You know, if it's, if there's times where we're sad, be sad together. That, that creates that intimacy, that, that strengthens that bond, that releases that oxytocin within our minds and in our brains, and that makes us feel more connected, and that amplifies the intimacy levels in our relationship. <clears throat> and I just really didn't, you know, I didn't even really reflect on any of this until I was able to give myself that space, look at the situation from a zoomed out lens, and I also realized something very important that when I would just repress or brush off the bad stuff and the bad emotions that were coming in particular to the wedding, along the way, I also repressed the good emotions that are supposed to come with the wedding, such as the excitement, looking forward to it. I realized I wasn't as excited anymore because I was just brushing everything off as it came. I didn't even allow myself to get excited to look forward to things. I was just problem solving. I was in that Dan Locke mentality of, okay, what's the problem? What's the next thing? How do we move forward? Go, 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 go. I wasn't allowing myself to actually feel what was going on. And I wasn't able to question the negative thoughts. Are these true? You know, like the, the catastrophic stories I was telling myself on this run, on this walk, I was able to analyze and question, hey, is this actually true? Is this actually going to happen? And it just brought, you know, it was, it was enabled me to process the situation. I was able to feel sad and mourn the loss of the stag, mourn the loss that this wasn't going to happen instead of just being naive to it. I could accept the reality of the situation. And then I aligned my thoughts to my values. I aligned them back to my core values. What's truly important here? Well, my relationship's important. This wedding is important. I should probably apologize to Jess. I should feel sad with her. I should take her feelings into consideration. I, and then we can strategize, hear each other, and move forward together. So after this Friday kind of big blow up, the next day, Jess's mom and her best friend, who's actually the lady who's going to be marrying us, came over. 
where we were, they had the awareness, the outside awareness to be like, these two need to feel their emotions. They need to feel what's actually going on so they can make the right decisions based on what's important to them. And they're both very wise individuals. And that's why I believe in the power of talking things out or coaching or whatever it may be. It's so powerful. So the two of them came over and we had a very vulnerable conversation about it all and came up with a plan and discussed what our non-negotiables were based on what we were actually feeling, not what we're supposed to do or not what we're supposed to feel, but we got real and raw with the whole thing and then came up with our non-negotiables and strategized together. Because of these actions and the proper awareness of what was going on, you know, okay, all these emotions weren't actually processed. We had the awareness of what was happening. We could then come to an agreement and both felt in just such a much better place. Rather than dragging this on for months or weeks unresolved. And then that's when it compounds. And that's when it gets worse. And that's when these big blow-ups, just like that Friday night for the stag, for me, that's when it happens. When all this stuff just goes under the rug. So it's so important to feel our feelings. And during this, I had another deep realization. And that was Every feeling, every feeling has a message and it's important not to ignore any feelings, especially the bad ones, because the bad ones can usually have the most valuable messages. And the message could simply be, hey, allow yourself to feel this emotion so it's properly processed and not left for another day. Or if a negative feeling or emotion persists, like anger, fear, frustration, anxiety, don't just run from it. Don't run from it and potentially distract ourselves with social media. And it's so easy, especially with social media. Anytime I've done it multiple times when I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling anxious, if I just flip open that phone, it's gone for the moment. Now I'm occupied. Now my brain is onto something else. There's stimulation and it's not focusing on that anxiety. It's not focusing on the frustration or the anger. Hey, what a, what a solution. So we think, but that it doesn't go away. It's not resolved. When we pop that phone open, we're just burying all that emotion to come up and build up on a much stronger level. And when you can be peaceful, present and give the emotion, the proper awareness, the message will appear. But the message won't appear if we run from it and look at social media. We need to be peaceful, present, and give the emotion the proper awareness it needs to be processed. So feeling our emotions will be our best guiding light. As we're taught in coach training, we all have the answers within us. We just need to learn how to access them, how to tap into our intuition, how to feel our feelings, and translate what your feelings are trying to tell you will uncover your truth and the action steps that are necessary for you, not what other people are telling you to do because that might not be necessary for you, for your journey, for what you need to do in this moment based on your values, based on your beliefs, based on the journey and your vision. So five reasons why we need to feel our feelings and this was done, so, so everything I just said was based on my experience, what I just went through in the past week, and kind of what I just boiled down and openly talked about. And again, I got a coaching session on this particular matter, as well as I mentioned Jess's mom and her friend coming over. 
and we really got to the bottom and the, the, the depths of this because that's what's necessary to figure out what's going on, what's actually happening here. How do we properly move forward without brushing stuff under the rug? So five reasons why we need to feel our feelings based on, this, on the research I just did. And there was a study done on emotional diversity done on over 37,000 participants that found that people who experience an abundance of emotion versus those that limit their emotions were shown to exhibit better mental health, physical health, and overall well-being. The study also showed that the same participants had higher emotional resiliency. And this study, this particular study can be found in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. So that, you know, th that, that was just proving that everything I just talked about and every, every realization I came to um, was, was in fact aligned with some kind of scientific research. And there's many studies and there's a lot of articles that relate to all the same stuff. You know, it's not just me experiencing this and telling you this is how it is. This is proven time after time again. Um, the second reason is if we only limit ourselves to feel the good feelings and block out all the negative ones, we are limiting our spectrum of life. No one wants to feel the exact same way all day, every single day. This gives us that numb feeling that is commonly associated with depression. Without the lows, we don't know what the highs are. And even think about it. If you were to Pull out a lawn chair on a nice sunny beach every single day for the rest of your life, but that is all you did? That would get so old and so boring if you did that every single day. Just think about it. We need those highs to experience the lows and we need the lows to experience the highs. With the ebb and flows of life, that's what it's about. Experiencing the full spectrum. If we just restrict ourselves to this limited numb feeling of consistent consistently feeling the same way every day that's going to have a negative impact on our experience of life that's going to lead to lack of fulfillment excitement joy yes there's going to be struggles yes there's going to be hard times but the good times are going to be are going to be so worth it and so, the, you know, I relate to this, such as the stag. It's the same thing. I was limiting my spectrum of experience. Yes, I wasn't experiencing the lows, but I also wasn't experiencing the highs. And I was just stuck in this numbness of it. I was just stuck in plow forward, push forward. And it wasn't allowing me to feel. I was missing the lows. I, was, I wasn't analyzing the lows, which didn't allow me to make the best decisions based on the wedding and based on what Jess also was thinking. And I also, which in turn was much more negative, I didn't experience the, the positives. I wasn't allowing those in either. And there's a book by, called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about the upper limit thermostat, how each individual has an upper limit ther thermostat and they experience the things in life based on what they've experienced in the past. And they'll self-sabotage or they'll always regulate back to that same level or down to that same level if they're not living within that, 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 those means. And I, I think we have a, that same kind of thermostat regulation with, uh, with emotions. If we only ever allow ourselves to experience a few, a few emotions, we'll just only revert back to those. And that leads to step three, um, or the third reason why we should 
why we need to feel our feelings. And that's if we don't fully feel and confront our negative feelings, they will be stored in our bodies, left to compound. When are you sad or angry? You know, think, think about when you're sad or angry. Uh, you probably have felt a bit sore or when you're angry, you're tight, you're restricted. Just like I was on Friday, I was so tight. I just didn't know what to do and I was holding everything in. I just had to go for a run. I had to get moving. I had to release that stored negative energy. I had to get my endorphins moving. Like movement is so important, whether that's stretching, yoga, running, it feels good for a reason because we're moving all that stored energy, all that stored emotion around. And there's a lot of science that backs this as well. And I experienced it on Friday. Going for that run made a world of difference instead of me just sitting in it, staying there. So the, the, the fourth reason is we won't be able to connect with ourselves. Um, and that this is important. If we're unable to connect with ourselves, our inner being, our intuition... You know, that, that makes life a lot more challenging. We won't be able to access our inner knowing or our inner truths, that inner guiding light. We won't be living aligned to our authentic selves. We're just doing that plow through. An example of this is the answers we need come from ourselves, not other people. So for me, even with my real estate journey, with Jess and I's real estate journey, my personal development journey, me getting into the coaching industry, all of this kind of went against the grain of what people were telling us. For real estate, they were saying, get into a bunch of these, do as many as you can, do flips, do renovations. And until I actually you know, digested and reflected and looked within and realized that this, that was not the journey for us. And that was not the journey that I wanted to do. I didn't want to take on all that stress of managing, managing all these flips and renovations and stuff like that. And as far as personal development, I knew that was going against the grain of what my friend group was doing and against whatever anyone else was doing. But I, I felt like it was pulling me and it was attracting me to that direction. And I didn't really care what other people thought because I was listening to what was in me. I was listening to my inner guidance, my intuition, which then in turn led me to the coaching industry. Again, going against the grain of what, you know, some judgment that people might have on me and, oh, what what path did Joel go down and what's he doing and why is he so different? And, you know, I just don't care what they think because that's, that's, I was listening to what was within, what was important in my life, my relationship, what needed to help me advance to the vision that Jess and I chose, not what other people are expecting or think of me who gives a shit. I don't want to live my life for them. I want to live my life for what's important within me and the people I deeply care about. And if people can't resonate with that or don't understand me, then that's their issue, not my issue. And all of this became clear to me because I was able to go deeper and listen to my intuition. And I couldn't have done this in the busy day-to-day -day life. We need to slow down. Otherwise, we bury our emotions just so we can make progress. And for me, I really had to slow it down, analyze my life, look within, and there's processes, there's techniques to do this, but it takes commitment. It's a journey, but it's a journey that I'm just so thankful that I went on. And the fifth reason is 
we will be disconnected from others. So imagine if we can't even connect with our own feelings, how on earth are we going to connect with others? How are we going to show empathy? How are we going to feel what somebody else is feeling or even understand or get on their level? This is especially important in relationships. If we can't utilize empathy to our partners or feel or understand their perception and why they might be feeling something, that's only setting yourself up for disaster. There's for sure going to be conflict as there was on last Friday with the stag. Uh, I, I couldn't feel empathy towards Jess because I couldn't even feel my own feelings. You know, we're meant to be connected. If, if we're not connected, if we're not connected with other, other individuals, we just feel lonely. We feel isolated. That can lead to those depressive states where we fall into those slumps. We need to feel connected in our relationships with our family, with our friends. It's so important. That's where oxytocin, the brain chemical that gets released, that is part of being a human. That's necessary for us to feel connected and feel that oxytocin, feel that bond. It's so important to, uh, to, to help us live uh, a thriving life. So... How do we feel our feelings? I came up with seven, seven tips or strategies to help us feel our feelings. And the first one is um, to be aware of them. As always, I almost break down every first step with awareness because without awareness of it all, we don't stand a chance. We need to be able to catch our feelings in the moment. This could mean giving them a name. Or giving yourself a name such as, oh, there's angry or grumpy Joel. There he is. And you might be actively acting out in a grumpy or angry manner. But if you have the awareness of that, you're actually doing it in the moment. That awareness is an absolute critical, crucial piece to the puzzle. And once we're aware of them, then we can continue to analyze and process them. But without this awareness, we don't stand a chance at processing them. We don't stand a chance at resolving this to get to the bottom of it, to, to listen to that meaning, to hear what is this emotion, what is this feeling trying to tell me. Without awareness, we don't stand a chance on doing that. Tip two, expand your knowledge on what feelings you are experiencing. Try not to generalize and put the feeling or emotion into a general category such as, oh, I'm feeling good or bad. That's so general. There's no way we're going to be able to process this if we just generalize it. I'm feeling good or I'm feeling bad. It will be so much more difficult to fully process what's going on if you have more clarity on what is actually happening, what emotion you're actually feeling. If you don't truly know what you're experiencing, how can you process that? So I'm going to lay out a couple examples of breaking down a general category just to give you some generalized awareness on it. So happy can be subsectioned into proud, content, accepted, powerful, peaceful, optimistic, valued, free, thankful, courageous, successful, hopeful, inspired, and so on. There's so many more. Sad can be categorized into lonely, despair, hurt, guilty, isolated, fragile, grief, embarrassed, inferior, victimized, and so on. Bad can be bored, busy, stressed, sleepy, 
pressured. Surprised can be confused, amazed, excited, startled, eager, disillusioned. Angry can be mad, aggressive, frustrated, annoyed, betrayed. Disgusted can be awful or disappointed and so on and so on. But you can see how there's so many differences within those categories. If, I, if you just say happy, you know, why are you happy? Are you successful? Are you courageous? Are you hopeful? Why are you sad? Are you lonely? Are you hurt? Are you grieving? There's such a difference within those subcategories and we really need to be able to break them down, have that awareness of, okay, there's more than just sadness going on here. I feel inferior because of X, Y, and Z. And you can break it down. You can, you can gain the necessary clarity. So then you can process it. But if you don't have that dialed in um, knowledge of what you're actually experiencing and feeling, it's going to, again, be so difficult to properly process it. So building that um, knowledge base and really breaking down in detail how you're feeling um, is, is so important here. So the third tip is give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to feel your feelings. And this will need, involve giving yourself space and time. And for me, many times I'll just sit in silence in a dark room with a blindfold on and earplugs in just to be with myself, to go inwardly, take out all external distractions so I can listen to myself. But I need space and time to do so. And sometimes when I do that, I think about the difficult things going on in my life or the struggles or something that's sad. And when I really feel it, I'll tear up. I'll start tearing up. And I never do that in the busy day-to-day -day life. And that's so important because what's happening there is I'm truly feeling the feelings. I'm giving myself permission to go there and feel it. And then I'll ask myself after I'm feeling it, you know, am I on the right path here? Am I doing the right things? And the truthful answers will come up there because I'm fully feeling and processing things. And the answers come to me, you know, I'll say, yeah, you are Joel, you are, it's just difficult. But if I don't get, if I don't go there and if I don't feel those feelings, I'm just assuming and making assumptions on what I should be doing based on what I think I should be doing, based on what other people are saying, based on what successful people are saying. But I, when I go inward and I feel those sad feelings, that's where the truthful answers come. So that one is huge. The fourth tip is be mindful and honest with what's going on. Face reality rather than construct stories to sugarcoat the circumstance, such as I was doing with the wedding and the stag. Now let's face the reality sooner rather than later so it doesn't build up. The fifth tip is know the best way to connect with yourself and do it. Don't just know the best way. Don't just know how you connect with yourself, but actually do it. Is that meditating? Is that journaling? Is that doing yoga? Is that going for a nature walk? Is that listening to music? Is that getting a massage? How do you connect best with yourself? How are you able to look within and block out those external, that external busy day-to-day -day living and just go within, listen to yourself? What's the best way? And then follow through and take action on that best way. The sixth tip is Get asked questions by a close friend who knows you well or get a coach. Like I said, I literally got coached on this last week 
and it was extremely beneficial. This is something that could have dragged on in my life for weeks or maybe months prior to doing any of this self-work and getting coached. You know, we had Jess's mom and her friend come over. That's a, that's a coaching setting. It's so powerful. It collapses time. It helps you get to the root of your feelings so you can make the necessary connections to formulate an action step to move forward. It is so powerful. And that's why I firmly believe in coaching. Uh, tip six, thank yourself for doing this. Uh, realize the benefits so you can come back and do this over and over and over again. If you don't acknowledge the good and, and the good of what this is, if you just look at it or frame it as, ooh, that was uncomfortable. Ooh, I didn't like doing that. You're never going to do it again. So thank yourself for going there. Thank yourself and acknowledge yourself for going to the depths to feel potentially those bad feelings, but it's necessary to live that whole spectrum of every experience in life. So that is the episode for today. And just a reminder to check out my website, joelmahe.ca. Check me out on Instagram at joelmahe or send me an email to coaching at joelmahe.ca if you'd like more information on coaching, if you just want to learn a bit more about coaching, or simply if you want to connect with me, I'd love to have a conversation. This is something I am truly passionate about. This is something I believe will help people progress from where they are now. Those same obstacles and roadblocks that you continually face, coaching is something that can help you scale past that, move forward, evolve, and move towards your goals and life vision. So I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you take these, <laughs> take these action steps into consideration and you really go there and feel your feelings because when you do, you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. Take care.